The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Vegas, huh? Vegas? Vegas. Casino security cannot be beaten. You're out of your minds. Exactly. You'd need at least a dozen guys doing a combination of cons. It might remind you of the cast of Ocean's Eleven, a poker-playing securities trader in Monaco, a Greek with a chain of Manhattan restaurants, the son of a pharmaceuticals company board member, a Goldman Sachs vice president, and a London investment banking couple who called each other Pops and Popsy. They're all accused of making tens of millions of dollars in an international insider trading ring. Joining me is former federal prosecutor Peter Henning, a professor at Wayne State University Law School. Peter, tell us about this international insider trading ring. It starts with the two junior analysts who were working in London who were also sharing an apartment. And so what they did, in effect, was they just went into the computer systems at their offices and stole information and then went out and sold it to what the Justice Department describes as middlemen, who then in turn sold it to other traders in Europe. So the interesting question in this case is, will this ever see the inside of a U.S. courtroom? Because one of the defendants is back in Thailand, and one of the defendants is in France. And so will there be extradition to the United States? That's certainly an open question. So how sophisticated was the scheme? Oh, this is a multi-layered scheme. It started with stealing the information, but then it got sold to the middlemen who in turn gave it to others in Europe to trade. This was a multi-level insider trading scheme that started with stealing information, but now has grown to be probably the most significant insider trading case that we've seen in the last decade since Raj Rajaratnam. Because this was so systematic and the amount of money involved here, according to the Justice Department indictment, it said that the traders made tens of millions of dollars. And so this is really a very significant insider trading case. Is it significant in terms of the amount of money or in terms of the extent of the network of people involved? I think it's both, because when you look, the Department of Justice identified 16 different companies that were involved in corporate transactions from 2012 to 2018. And also, too, given the amount of money involved, I'm not sure if the Justice Department or the SEC knows exactly how much money was made, but their off-the-top-of-their-head estimate is tens of millions of dollars. And under the federal sentencing guidelines, if you have gains of that 
amount, that can result in a very, very substantial prison term. But a lot of this was conducted face-to-face. And so it's going to be more difficult for the prosecutors to put a case together without a cooperator. And so they're really going to need someone to come in and cooperate and be able to say, this is what happened. Because otherwise, all you really have is a paper trail and people making money. But, you know, in the stock market, people make money all the time. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. A Goldman Sachs vice president is involved here, and this is the third allegation of insider trading in the last 18 months of someone at Goldman Sachs. Well, they're all separate cases, and what is interesting about them, and of course what is really the danger for Goldman Sachs is the last thing they want to have happen is that people inside the firm are trading on inside information. The very reason why Goldman is retained is that it will maintain the confidentiality of information. So the case against Mr. Cohn involves a buyout of Buffalo Wild Wings, and he was able to give someone that information who made a great deal of money, and he got some cash in return, at least according to the indictment by the U.S. Attorney's Office. So really for Goldman, there is some reputational risk here that the last thing they want to have is a number of their people trading on inside information because that damages not only their reputation, but also will firms rely on Goldman to maintain confidentiality. And so I really think for Goldman, they need to ensure that this doesn't happen again. Three times in 18 months is quite a bit, even though the cases are unrelated. But there's always the concern that somehow information is leaking out. And we see that a lot. Information does leak, and people make very well-timed trades. But The last thing Goldman wants is that one of its people is the source of that inside information. Is it that Goldman is just not doing enough to to make sure this kind of misconduct doesn't happen? Or is that a problem that all the top-tier banks have? I think it's a problem for all the top-tier banks. If you want to trade on inside information or confidential corporate information, um, sometimes it is just so tempting to either take it and give it to someone else or take it and use it yourself. Um, That inside information in a lot of ways is like making free money in the stock market. Um, You don't know who's on the other side of your trade, but in a lot of ways it's easy money, but 
at some point in time, the SEC is going to notice and the federal prosecutors are going to notice, and you're running a risk of not only blowing your entire career, but you could spend uh, two, three, four, five years in a federal correctional institution, and no one wants to go to prison. And so the real risk here is that it's so tempting, but you have to be able to resist it. And I'm sure Goldman and the other leading investment banks would love to tell their people, don't do this, but um, can you stop someone from taking inside information? Really, the answer to that question is no, that uh, if someone really wants to take it and use it, they're going to do it. Thanks, Peter. That's Peter Henning of Wayne State University Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.